there he is. But there, yeah. are, and and I get worried sometimes because she still has the strength. She'll even like occasionally like still do like the paw on my thigh kind of thing where she's like, "Hey, pet me." Yeah. So like she still has the thigh strength and all of that. But there are times when, like, I'm getting up in the morning, I'm getting ready for work, and we've just kind of gotten into a routine where I'll go downstairs and feed the cat, and I'll take the dogs out, and there are just days where Samus sits at the top of the stairs and just looks sad. And I'm like, you can do this. I'm like, we're not, I, I don't think we're at the point yet where I have to carry you down the stairs every time. So, like, yeah. I, I, you're okay, but, yeah, it just makes me sad because it's like she's still strong enough, but she sometimes seems to lack the confidence. So, anyways. Uh, today. Oh, welcome. Hello, everybody. Oh. A little bit of a preamble there. We're trying to figure some shit out, and it doesn't, it still doesn't quite work. I went through all these things to get this fancy, like, boom mic deal, and I even had to get an adapter to screw in the thing, and uh, it doesn't sound quite right. So, that's always fun. <laughs> Thank God for all that money I spent. And it's not working we'll out entirely there. great. It'll get there. This it's may going to take a little finessing in time. Yeah, I'll I'll have to play with it and work with it a little bit more and just see if there's or get a different mic. I mean, this one wasn't super expensive. I think it was like fifty bucks, which is ah. definitely more than I've spent on a mic before. But it's better than my headset mic. So I mean, you know, you do what you do. Yeah, mine is a Yeti. Uh-huh. If you do get a different one, it's the um, blue Yeti blue. I think they have like one other one they do. Okay. And it's, it's definitely pricier. Mm-hmm. Like I think it was like a hundred dollars, but I mean, I got it cause I'd used it before at work. So I was familiar with it. Right. It's like, well, this will be easy for me to use. And I know the quality is generally pretty good. And it has things like gain on it that, it mine, that mine doesn't. I know. So I if I want to be, you know, if I feel like I need to spy on people in other rooms, I just turn that gain all the way up. Yeah, there you go. Like an eavesdrop, which I think is really weird. Yeah. That is- <laughs> I wouldn't do that. One sec. My headphones are dying, so I need to get About my to die. But it's somewhere. Okie dokie. It's somewhere in this, in my backpack. I just don't know which pocket I put it in. Okay. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm texting a group chat on That's Discord. That's fine. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Go. Well, with, uh, with, of course, what we're actually here to talk about today doesn't really have anything to do with Netflix series. Uh, well, at least not yet, I suppose. They, they might be on the works of something. I don't know. They always seem to have they something in the fire. They definitely do. After, you know, our tangent, our tangent about but, <laughs> audio equipment and ghost hunting. Because what we're actually here to talk about is, I guess, still an ongoing yes. case, if I'm not mistaken, because nothing is totally confirmed. But before we actually get into that, um, I wanted to ask what you're drinking. I actually am doing a tea with a little bit of Mm. cinnamon schnapps, and I added a touch of Jaeger. Oh, my. (laughs) It is. It's definitely an interesting flavor. I'm I don't hate it, but I don't love it. So. I do have to criticize you a little bit. The 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 subject for this week called only for alcohol with water. Granted, that is generally what tea is, so I'm going to give it to you. Hey, but uh, uh, are you curious? Because so, I texted you and I'm like, it's yeah. going to sound weird, but the main idea I is water. I didn't have a chance to run to the store to get any whiskey because mm. that was my plan was to get some whiskey. And I didn't have a chance to do that. So that is why I was like, I'll just make a tea. Like it's, it doesn't quite. Well, and this is another impromptu episode. 
Yeah, it doesn't. This is hardly like an official sort of pairing thing because we we're doing this again. We anyone who's been listening for a while will remember that like for the Summerton Man, we it's kind of a quick impromptu thing. We wanted to get it together because it's sort of breaking yeah. stuff. So we just did a drink. We're doing the same thing this week. Um, the the whole water thing. I wasn't gonna go with initially, but the case this week takes place in Indiana. Yes. And so I wanted to find something that was like like a signature drink of Indiana. And as I was looking around, I found that um, the official state drink of Indiana is just water. And oh. I initially thought that was really funny. I didn't know states had state drinks. That was, exactly, that was my first reaction. I was like, wait, that's a thing? We have state everything? Like... When does this end? When did, and the only reason that it's dumb is because the governments have to take a vote. Like they, they take time, which is technically costing us tax money to decide on these things. Someone, th That's this funny. is a law, essentially. It's, it's a bill put forth. Yeah, they, they took time to designate their official drink as water. And the only reason I thought it was kind of funny at first is because you think of states like Colorado, with with Coors beer, tap the Rockies, you know, pure, pure, crisp mountain streams of, oh, you know, of water. Here we have or Minnesota. I'm sorry. <laughs> I only brought that up because of their it's... tagline. <laughs> like they're, it's just kind of their thing. Like it really is just water. And they, as far as I know, are a terrible family. That's a, that's that's a whole other thing, thing. But it's we have yeah. so many better beers. And I get right. so yeah, you do. worked <laughs> up so when people are like, oh, yeah, like you drink Coors. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I don't. I don't like it. Yeah, I think it is kind of a And like there's a reason a we call it piss beer. Because it tastes like piss. Mm -hmm. And that's awful. It is one of those things that like has a huge chasm between it. Like you either are a Coors person, you love it, like, it is your beer, that's all you drink, or you have, a, I think it's fair to say, a more refined palate, and you like a lot of different types of beers, or you're willing to try it, and if you try that variety of beers, you find pretty quickly that Coors is not no. great. It, like, it can be refreshing, it's made with those pure mountain stream, pure filtered water elements. I mean, we do have great uh, But other water, than that, it's so not a great beer. Is that yeah and that brings us back to the whole thing i would have also assumed that like minnesota land of ten thousand lakes hey lakes are our thing we got a plentiful amount of water let's make that our official drink now i wouldn't have guessed yeah. indiana like they're like well, let's make water but the more i thought about it it was kind of adorable like we're so pure we're it's such water, you know good people we don't yeah yeah, our official drink is water. It's life-sustaining. It's life-bringing. And the case that we're talking about is is involved with hiking, that kind of thing. And I'm like, well, if you're going on a hike, you mm -hmm. want to bring water. So the more I thought about it, I'm like, you know what? Your your own preferred spirit with a splash of water, it feels, it feels appropriate it for tonight. And without any further ado, Celine, what are we talking about tonight? So we are talking about... The murders of Abigail Williams and Liberty German, which is also called the Delphi murders and or the Snapchat murders. Very creepy. Yeah, I do like I do Delphi too. better. The the idea of like their hometown. I was looking up a little bit. I, I, I think when I first heard about it, I didn't even realize that it was Delphi, Indiana. Yeah. Like that was the place. I, um, but uh, yeah, so we're we're hopefully trying to represent indiana and and delphi and uh and doing them justice and hopefully hopefully getting some answers in this incredibly bizarre case i hope so just because like listening to this case like the first time i was like this is just so heartbreaking and it makes me so sad yeah. and for anyone that watches or listens to stuff on YouTube. Uh, Kendall Ray actually does a very great episode with this with, I believe it is Liberty German's older sister. 
she mm. comes on as a guest and she tells the whole thing like from her perspective and she mm-hmm. just talks about everything like leading up to it kind of the aftermath with being in the family and stuff like that and it is she does a very good job so i highly recommend listening to that for anyone who might need like a refresher or if you just really want to dive deep into this case since we're not gonna do tons of that today but we'll talk about it a little bit Mm -hmm. Yeah, similar to The Summerton Man, this will probably be a shorter episode. Yeah. You know, this is kind of spur of the moment. We don't have, like, a set research guide of uh, breakdown, uh, outline, whatever, what what you might say. So, yeah, Yeah. this is probably going to be a little shorter, but it's because it's it's all happening right now. Yeah, and with that, this case has been unsolved since February of 2017, which was basically Abigail and Liberty went on like this hike to go take photos. They were just having like a fun, I think it was like a Sunday afternoon. They were just going out doing what most 13, 14 year old kids do. Or they're like, I want to, take photos and like have like a photo shoot with my friends because you know like we're so i mean i feel like a lot of teenage girls go through that where it's like oh like we're gonna do a photo shoot because like we're just so cool and which yeah i mean uh, by all means you do you and well and i think it's it's I think as like an older person, it's easy to look back on that and see it as something so trivial. But that's one of the things that makes it so sad is it's for whatever reason, I always remember thinking um, or or like I conflate it with another case. I always think that they're like college age or even a little older. So, yeah, I I didn't realize until I was looking into some videos today of like Mm -hmm. they're at that perfect moment where like you're 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 at that age where you're able to kind of stretch your individuality and your independence. You know, your parents aren't, well, hopefully not helicoptering you at this point, you know, yeah. they're letting you go off and you're, go hiking and go biking with your friends and stuff. Yeah. Cause they were, um, I think they were in like eighth grade at this age. So, yeah. you know, you're at the age where your parents trust you enough to be able to go and do things on your own, yeah. but like, Kind of being smart about it, like, don't talk to strangers, don't get in, like, someone's car, like, don't do X, yeah. Y, and Z with someone you don't know, and... Yeah, there's there's the freedom of not having, like, usually at, well, I mean, I um, I believe there are laws in place, so, like, it's that at that age where you're old enough um, that you can go off on your own, you can't drive, so you can't go very far, which I think is part of the security of it yeah. as a parent, you know they're not gonna go, you know any particular distance but it's like you can go off on your own your parents trust you to come back and you don't have like a job to worry about you're not paying bills so you're at that age where it's like you have the freedom to do kind of anything within the means of of what your your you know your pocketbook and your legs can take you to do yeah. So it's like you 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 have like the least amount of stress with the most amount of energy and enthusiasm just for doing stuff. Yeah. And and to it did seem like this particular occasion is something that they both loved doing. They were good friends and it was supposed to be a great day that ended up turning yeah. horrible. The worst possible day it could be. Yeah. And Liberty's older sister like she was going to go with them but um I think she was saying that like something had come up and she's like, oh, like this other thing I have is like more important at the moment as like, as all like older siblings do with their younger siblings. It's like, well, like I have these things that like I want to do. And like, sometimes it's like, I really got to get this done. And other times you're like, I don't want to like hang out with like my younger sibling. Like I want to do my own thing. And exactly. Yeah. But she did have photos or plans to meet them later. They were getting picked up by, I believe it was Liberty's father. He was going to pick them up and then they were all going to go do something. Mm -hmm. And they reported them missing after 
they went to pick them up and they were not where they were supposed to be. Right. Which I can imagine is like the worst thing as a parent to be like, I'm supposed to pick up my kid and they are not here. Absolutely. It's yeah. The idea of like you made a plan and, and especially with, with kids that I assume are, are pretty responsible. And it's that, it's that time of, life again where the parents can trust them like they know that if i tell them we're gonna meet here it's not like me trying to be a restrictive parent we're we're trying to just plan a day so it's like if i tell them to meet me here at this time they will meet me here at this time so if they're not there immediately you get that horrible sinking feeling of like something's wrong yeah and i think the the thing that has been so jarring with having actually arrested somebody which has been the big news is that they arrested somebody and he has been officially charged but there there has been no trial so at this point he is still presumed innocent until proven guilty but he is currently being charged with their murders and yeah, because I think it was just within the last two weeks he was picked up. Yeah. So I mean, like, it was yeah, they're they're October twenty sixth. Yeah. So I mean, they're they're still in the the point of for two weeks. I imagine still kind of like processing him and gathering more evidence and stuff. Yeah, and the the man that they arrested was Richard Allen, and they actually did not have him as a person of interest until. Pretty recently, they he wasn't like any of the first people they were looking at, which is, I think, what does kind of spark this new interest back into the case because they're like, well, like, how could, he wasn't even on the radar how, before. How was he not on the radar? Like, how did we miss this type of thing almost? Yeah. Although there is some potential suspicion that he didn't work alone but nothing has at this point come yeah that's something i hadn't heard before that's i think part of it is people running a little too much with some of what the police were saying when they did break the news is that they're like if there is any other information or like if he did not work alone and you know something like let us know as i'm sure they say with like every case Absolutely. And then people being like, oh, yeah. my God, like, he didn't work alone. There's another. It's like, okay, well, like, we don't know that. Like, he could have worked alone. That is possible. Yeah, we're just still at the point where any additional information would be helpful. So if you happen to know anything, please come forward. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean anything, but it is compelling. Yes. And they have had to move him to, like, a undisclosed location for his safety which i oh that's interesting feel like makes sense he is in the like uh in state custody so he is in the prison somewhere Mm -hmm. they're just not they're not releasing where which i i don't feel like people really need to know where he is i agree yeah i don't think that's something people really need to know but that's that's another kind of thing that seems to be a carryover from like previous times in history when they would print just random details of like a crime or whatever. And it was primarily before like they had photography and newspapers and stuff. So they would create really detailed descriptions of people and stuff like that. But the the number of times that an article includes like someone's home address, like I don't think the general like public reading the story needs to have their address. That no, doesn't make any sense. It's uh and this this is kind of going off on a whole other thing. It's like when um they actually did change this because of this, where you used to be able to get someone's address from like the DMV. Mm, just mm-hmm. for no reason, which <laughs> is how um Gosh, I cannot remember this actress's name, but she was supposed to be in The Godfather 3. And she was oh. murdered by a man who was stalking her. He got her address, like, from the DMV. 
Right, of course he did. Yeah, yeah because that's just available. That's so weird. It's, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. Like people people do not have a right to like your personal information like that. Yeah. Which I mean, of course, is easy for us to say at this point in time where like we have the internet, we have cell phones, so it's easier for us to like contact people that we might know to get that information. But I can kind of understand how like back in the day that was the only way to get that. So you couldn't necessarily call someone, you couldn't necessarily email them, or but it does it's, still seem uh... kind of fishy. Like you should have personal contact with a person that wants you to have their address. It does make yeah. sense. Like you shouldn't be able to go to the DMV and just get their information. Yeah, it's well, it's kind of the idea that uh I now that I think about it, like it's weird that within the phone book you have like addresses for people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is and I don't know if they still do that actually. But it's as a as a mail carrier, I can say that phone books are still sent out, but I think yeah, I think what you're talking about is white pages and uh, versus like yellow pages. We definitely still occasionally send out yellow pages, especially to people who sign up for it that like presumably don't have Internet access or whatever. But we I don't think in the four plus years I've been doing it, we've ever sent out like white pages of, of personal information. So what ours in very small Eagle County did was it was yellow pages for like businesses and everything at the front. Oh, and okay, then white yeah. pages in the back half. Oh. So it was bundled into one very large phone book. That does kind and of ring a bell. I think that's something we got at my mom's house when I was a lot younger. Yeah. yeah. White pages does typically still list street addresses and zip codes, but I think you have to opt into it. I We'll probably choose not to just because I don't want people to have my address. Yeah. There, there again, that really seems to be a home. So (laughs) that does seem to be a thing of like the fifties, sixties, even seventies era. Once you get into the eighties or nineties, it's like, yeah, I don't need to be in a book with uh, everybody else about like where I live and stuff. Yeah. No, it's fine. It's so easy for people to like hack into places. I don't need the general public just having access to my information yeah not not a fan of it and no no doesn't make any sense so something i do want to touch on with this case that i think is a little extra creepy is that they had a recording of the murderer saying i can't remember what all of the words that were picked up because it's it's actually pretty hard to like understand but it's something about down the hill right it's a guy something something down the hill the the videos that i was listening to today have a lot of them talked about the whole the idea of like the whole community even the entire state of indiana being like tormented by three words for so many years and it's yeah it's just down the hill Which, and it's the only audio that as far as we know is of the killer and it's just kind of creepy unsettling it is, it's very unsettling and i think the thing that was also kind of crazy is that they didn't really know how old the suspect was their age range was mm-hmm. 18 to 40. Right. It's just, Which it, they're like, well, he, he could be older, but he just like looks really young. I'm like, yeah, sir. If I could look 18 at 40, do you like, say, do you know how many women work on looking that youthful? Yeah. The, the only thing that, that kind of is a little bit weird about it is she did take a brief video and you you don't really see him like full you don't see you know, him like full front on. present yeah but i i do find it hard to believe that anyone would uh mistake that person for being less than 30 yeah <laughs> like yeah i do feel like you could narrow your scope a little bit cuz like oh, well, a that, little, that a person's little higher. Not yeah right. i 
when they first showed the photo or it's like with like the jet the like suspect with like the blue jacket and it's like blurring mm-hmm. his heads down i'm like there's no way that dude is like 18 i'm like he's not he's in high least, school or just he's at yeah. least in his 30s if not older the way he's walking, like he's he might have a bad hip or two. He, yeah. he seems to be having a little bit of knee trouble. It is not the walk down. of a he's youthful not... eighteen year old. <laughs> he's not holding a skateboard or anything like that. He's he's a he's an older person. He's been in the workforce for a while. Yeah, he, life has worn yeah, him down a little bit. Yeah, yeah. He's he's doing his best, and he's a murderer, and so you know he's just he's got to get. I don't know where I'm going with that. We yeah, that. but <laughs> I will say, I think the thing that throws me off quite a bit is the suspect sketch, because it looks yeah nothing like him. So I... And if yeah, and the, the thing that I was hearing a lot no. today is uh, that after, like, multiple years, they they had an original sketch from when they first went missing. Yeah. Um, and then years later, they updated it, and they didn't look much alike. And I think what you're talking about, too, is, like, even the later updated sketch, he still doesn't really look like it. No. But it is he, more art than science. It's yeah, not like they're 3D printing is. his face. So, yeah. Yeah, there, there is some flaw with doing sketches of suspects. It is, yeah. it is not a science. Yeah, it's always going off of very little information and often to the best of a person's recollection. And if if uh, modern science has taught us anything, it's that the human mind, particularly its memory, is not reliable. Yeah. Other than that, I I personally am very excited that there has been headway with this case. And that someone has been arrested and charged with it just. Because there is that hope, I mean, you got to wait till the very end to see like what happens, but there is that hope that justice is going to be served. Yeah. So many cases, it seems like, especially ones that get onto the kind of the, the national scale end up without any real closure. It's like this person disappeared and we have no idea what happened. It's so and sad. Yeah. It always, that's why I, not to change the subject, but the idea of Jacob Wetterling you know, disappeared so long ago. And the idea that there was a break in that case, you know, just recently, uh, within the last few years, it's like the idea of being a family member or a friend or just Mm -hmm. someone in the community who has been wondering all those years what might have happened. It doesn't bring that person back, but I can understand that the the closure of having that person dealt with and, and not having to held accountable for every, anymore. Exactly. Yeah. Getting rid of that. Just even just in the back of your mind, like not knowing, I can imagine that being really hard to deal with. Yeah. Cause I know there are some instances where there's a breakthrough and they finally figure out who it is, but then that person died. Doing. Yeah. Oh, that's the worst. Just like living yeah. normal. Like they lived their life to the fullest, like had a very normal life. And in Mm. some ways it's so robbing for everyone else who is like close and like everyone who was a close, like family member or had a relationship with the victim to be like, wow, you didn't reap any consequences from that. Like, yeah. Well, that kind of makes me think of the Golden State Killer. I, I mean, because I feel like you'd at least feel a little better if it's like, oh, like things kind of sucked for them a little bit. You'd be like, okay, like I feel like a little better. Yeah, it it, it kind of makes me think of the Golden State Killer a little bit in oh. the sense that he was only brought to justice now, seemingly like at the end of his life. And it's yeah. like, so he basically got to live out the rest of his life just, you know, kind of cruising yeah. along. And... Uh, it it really does seem unfair that they get it, even with them being brought to justice and the idea of the case officially being closed, like we know who it was, it does just kind of feel like they still got away with it because it's like you got to live all these years kind of scot-free and you should have been in jail. Yeah, 
it's i mean the way we solve crimes is only getting better and it's only getting faster that's true it and it does feel like it's the one thing where like like digital security and locks and stuff you can go on youtube right now and see how many people have like lock picking uh YouTube accounts yep. where they show you how to pick a lock of like the top of the line, like multiple hundred dollar locks and they can break through it in like seconds. It does seem like the one place where the criminals aren't ahead of the, the crime unit is like getting away with murder. Like we have better, like even older crimes that we still had DNA for. It's like, we have the technology now we yeah. can figure out who it was. We can, you know, go down family trees and pinpoint it to one person. It's like it, it, we do live in a time where it kind of feels like it's just a matter of time. Like yeah. you're at some it's point going to make to some kind of mistake, right? It's going to catch up to you. And which as much as I was just talking about the golden state killer being disappointing, it is also, kind of hopeful in that sense that even yeah. as old as he was, as long as that case had been sitting there, they did get him. Like, it's going to catch up with you. Yeah, and for me, that was one of the things that kind of was like an added bonus for doing like an ancestry kit was, and I think I've talked about this before, was the fact that I'm like, well, like if someone else that I'm related to is like arrested for a crime for this, like I helped solve a case, like, woo. Which in a weird way is kind of a morbid, a morbid sort of way to think of it, which is like, well, if any of my relatives commit a heinous murder, well, which like, I don't want to think about that, but it does, it is kind yeah. of a comforting thing that like you could, that, that person should be behind bars and they should be getting mental help. Yeah. So it's like, and you could be helping getting everything kind of taken care of. And I, I can't remember who it was, but I had mentioned to someone and this is like a while ago before I even did it was I was like, oh, yeah, like I'm I'm thinking of doing that. And they're like, well, aren't you like worried that they're going to use that? Like the police are going to use that and like find something. I'm like, I have nothing to hide. Like, <laughs> no. Right. Yeah, the I, only I'm the only what? thing. Yeah, the only problem would be any relatives I have who are a close enough match to a murder scene. <laughs> like, yeah. they're the ones that have to worry about yeah, it. They're the ones who need to worry, about. not me, which... Like, yeah, if if my relatives were off doing crimes, like, that's their problem, not mine. Yeah. So, no, hey. I'm not going to feel bad about it, Janet. Actually, I have no Janet. idea. I have no idea who it was. I just... It's a, it's it's a good it's placeholder a, name. Janet, I applaud you. It's a good... Yeah. Coincidentally, completely off topic, we just went and saw a stage production of uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show uh, before Halloween, and it was great. Wonderful. Yeah, I, I will say I'm not personally a fan of the audience participation levels of it. Uh, they get a little too drunk and rowdy for my for my oh, taste. Dear. But it was it was also the first time I had ever seen a stage production of it, so I wasn't okay. used to how yeah. people get into it. But uh, I will say it was fun. For anyone who has never seen Rocky Horror in person, I, I highly recommend it. Slightly different than the movie, different lines and stuff. Really good. Highly recommend it. I actually have not seen it in person. And that's something I do want to do in the near future. I, yeah, well, and when, it, when we first started talking about it, I, Zach and I had talked about going to a, a film version. Because they do kind of the same thing where, like, people will dress up. They'll bring... Mm -hmm you know, little props and stuff and they yell at the screen and they throw popcorn and stuff. So that's what I thought we were doing. I didn't realize it was oh. a stage performance we oh. were going to. Okay, yeah. And for me, it changed the dynamic a bit because I've been on stage a little bit. I've done some plays and things and the idea of people like yelling stuff from the crowd felt really awkward to me. I did not like it. But I feel like I would enjoy it much more as like a film production. Yeah. Um, but it it was definitely an experience. I if I highly recommend it at least once. It was okay. it was quite a quite a deal. I will keep that in mind. And yeah, if you have the chance, recommend it. So going back to our topic, I yes. actually got really excited when all of this happened. Because I didn't hear news of it until, like, Thursday or Friday. 
when I was oh, wow. in Indiana. So like a few days after oh, no it all happened and I was yeah. like, this feels a little surreal. And I'm like to be in the same right. state. And I'm like, that's kind of weird, but that's pretty cool. Yeah. Like, it was kind as of cool. It's just kind of being like, okay. Cause like, I've never been to Indiana before. So I'm like, I have no idea what Indiana even looks like yeah yeah is it like iowa part two i don't know um so i've heard that the southern part or the northern part sorry the southern part has a lot more trees just Mm. a lot of trees whereas like Mm. the northern part is a lot more like iowa yeah yeah i think minus some of the rolling hills okay and represent indiana well, yeah. and as followers of true crime, I can understand like that sort of feeling of significance that like you're in the state, you're present as this is occurring. Yeah, I I'm just excited that that things have been moving with this case because yeah. it did feel like for a while that things had kind of stalled, which I mean, I know there's so much happening behind the scenes that we don't see. And there's that one person sitting at a desk just working so hard and they're like, I'm gonna solve this, god damn it. <laughs> and then over he's got like a whiskey and... and a cigar and he's like, Who did it? Yeah. The chief's so far up my ass, I'm tasting what he had for breakfast. But he's like, I'm gonna solve this case, goddamn. He's supposed to be doing other the things. Last but... thing I, do. <laughs> I do like the the drink and cigar idea. He's just sitting at a desk at like two in the morning. Yeah. The janitor's walking through. How you doing tonight? And he's like, go fuck yourself. I'm solving a crime. Yeah. Why do you sound like you're from New York? You know, we're in Indiana, right? I know where we are. Go fuck yourself. Yep. Basically, that mm-hmm. is how I have envisioned <laughs> that people in the police force do when they are solving crimes and it's smoking indoors. Yeah. It's, it's a cold case. They're like, and everyone's like, you're just, you're not going to crack it, Bob. And he's like, I will. God damn it. I will. You son of a bitch. His, his partner's at home. Like you never come home anymore. He's like, I'm going to solve this murder. He's like, but what about the kids? And he's like, we don't have any kids. She's like, we have seven. And he's like, what? What? Since when? That's how long you've been working this case. <laughs> we had seven kids that he didn't know. Yeah. Again, I don't understand why we don't sound like we're from Indiana. But God damn it. I don't know how to do an Indiana accent. I was just thinking that I'm like, I think I was doing kind of maybe Brooklyn. I don't know New York enough, but I'm like, it's definitely not Indiana. No. <laughs> I know enough to know it's not. It's going to be more Midwestern, yeah. but not quite, not quite, you know, like Minnesota or Wisconsin. It's, not it's like, thick. we're in Indiana. Right, right, right. It's that in between spot that's more Chicago, I suppose. Mm, maybe. Da Bears. Oh, Da Bears. But we're not the Bears. We're in Indiana. I don't think Indiana yeah. even has a team. I don't think that. Anyway, think- again, a little off topic, but still fun. Yeah, I do think it is interesting that a lot of the investigators were like, oh, like he is most likely just someone hiding in plain sight. Yeah. I, I forgot I was listening to some videos today and uh, the idea that there were a mul- there were multiple like um, press junkets and stuff that the, the police chief, I think it was a police chief, had yeah. done uh, where he essentially directly addresses the killer. Just the idea that like, we know you're watching, we know that you're local, we know that you're following us. And he's like, it's just a matter of time before we find you. He's like, and... Just the idea of being that police chief or being the head of that team and thinking that, you know, you know, you've you've you might have bumped into this person. You might have been in the same restaurant. You might have driven past them. And it's like if you could just get the right details to figure out who it is, you're like, you you know that they're still there. Yeah, there's something kind of comforting in that sort of determination of like. Even if it's just a gut feeling of like, I know that they're here. They're still here. We have a chance. We're going to get them. Yeah. Well, and I mean, he definitely was just like someone hiding in plain sight because he worked at a CVS. Mm -hmm. And 
uh, I think it was Libby's grandmother when she like went to print photos for the funeral and she was just in general having a hard time like getting all of that done and together. And he's like, oh, I'm just not going to charge you for the photos. Which, yeah, kind of. In this lighting, it feels like an odd gesture, but I'm sure at the time it was like very nice and very kind. For sure. It, it, it felt like the last vestige of like a, a small town favor, a, you know, a local shop doing yeah. a, a nice thing for a, a local person, which, you know, in the digital age is kind of falling by the wayside, I think. But it is odd that like that's a sort of detail that comes back to someone and they're like, you know, he didn't charge me for those photos. And that's never happened before. Yeah. And I think just kind of the fact that it was just someone who seemingly an average person in the community. So I feel like it's so common for people to be like, oh, they were such a pillar of the community. And you're like, oh, little did they know. (laughs) He's just like an average Joe. Yeah. Like in a time now where we follow you know, Dahmer has his own Netflix show and we've we've seen so many things about like Ted Bundy and stuff. You kind of expect I, I think there's there's sort of a an expectation in the, the public mind that like these people are larger than life. You know, they're these these almost Hollywood-esque level of personalities and stuff. Yeah. And even like if you if you watch Dahmer carefully enough, the show on Netflix, it's like he's really an unremarkable guy. And it's like so yeah. it's it's not shocking that he's just this random person, but it does make you feel like he's supposed to be this kind of imposing force and this larger than yeah. life character. And it's like, no, they're often serial killers are just regular people. And that's one of the reasons that yeah. they're hard to find is because they just blend in. They blend into the background or they're in a lot of ways. I think it's for some of them, especially for someone who is like Ted Bundy, they are more unassuming. Yeah, for sure. And that people have so many nice things to say about them that it's like, oh, like that person, like they wouldn't hurt anybody. Like they're just they're so kind and neighborly. And but in a way, it's like, well, is that just a front? Yeah, well, and that is the most horrifying thing about like someone who is like clinically a psychopath or a sociopath is just the idea that yeah they they don't have empathy, and but they have learned behavior that allows mm-hmm. them to seem like they do, and so. Yeah, the most likely thing that people are going to say is we didn't see it coming because that's that's their mindset. Like the whole point is that they don't want to be found out. They're great at blending in. Yeah. And I I think the thing that in a way is kind of remarkable about that is that people with autism learn how to do that. And they it's called masking. Yeah. Yep. So you're masking what is your normal behavior and mirroring what other people do Mm -hmm. a so that like you come across in what is a more normal way for society and what people deem is acceptable versus just being your actual authentic self, which I can imagine is just exhausting all the time. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's sort of a weird dichotomy that we have in our, and not even modern society, probably throughout all of history. Like, it seems like we all have a sense of wanting to have our own identity and being an individual, but at the same time, we desperately want to fit in. And it's this weird sort of, of battle between like how much we want to be ourselves and fully express who we are versus blending in well with society and like not standing out. Yeah. And so for people who, you know, a, a someone who would be a psychopath or a sociopath who literally doesn't have the functionality to feel empathy. It's like the most extreme case of just fitting in where they're yeah. like going to watch and mimic other people. And they're like, well, I don't want them to know what's going on in my mind. So I'm going to practice. I'm going to become an excellent mimic of everybody else's behavior and just kind of fade into the, the background. 
Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, and it will be more interesting to hear like what details come out more about yeah. the guy that they've arrested, especially if he does get like you know brought to trial and convicted. Like, what kind of uh, person he is? The the idea of like is he a serial killer or or was this just a weird, a weird opportunistic like, kind of thing? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It. I did see a list for a trial date oh okay yeah i hadn't heard um, about that let me see where i saw that i can tell you that he is being held without bail probably a good move <laughs> and he did plead not guilty which is not a surprise I know. right yeah for sure not to change the subject again but like while you're looking that up uh there was a gentleman in oh, i think it was here in wisconsin a guy who like uh, plowed his minivan into a parade. I did uh, hear about that. Yeah, I was watching. Um, you know, like like with Ted Bundy and and other people, like quote mm -hmm. in the past, you hear about them being their own lawyer, like like standing for themselves. Yeah. And uh, it's it's weird to live in an age where we have f actual video footage of people doing that, and this guy. Uh, decided to act as his own counsel. Oh and dear! You can. They have like days worth of footage on YouTube that you could watch, and it is just so interestingly baffling. Yeah, I think is the best way to describe it. Of him trying to defend himself because you're watching him in an actual court of law. He's in a suit and tie. He's really well cut, you know, he's and he's oh he's actually asking good questions and he's making certain points, but he just keeps objecting to like every sentence that the prosecution is making and he's just like sometimes asking these weird questions trying to not let him get a word in edgewise and Yeah, yeah, like it's that. almost like he's yeah, it's almost like he he either thinks that by objecting so often, he will somehow derail their train of thought, or he will simply prolong his ability to stay out of jail. Like the the more he's in court, the less jail yeah. time he'll have or something like that. Yeah. Or the more he can prolong his own going to jail. But it's just a weird, like watching him stand there and question a witness who has him dead to rights, saw him flee from the scene, it's just such a weird insight into the mind of someone who can commit a crime like that. He's like, it's hearsay. Yeah. Oh, oh the, the number of times that he brought up hearsay, he would object to the judge and you can hear it in the judge's voice every single time she, she overrules him. She's so exhausted because it's not even hearsay. He, the the oh. person on the stand of the most of the videos I watched is a, a cop who was off duty at the moment. Oh God! <laughs> and he's telling his own account of the events as they oh, happen, and it's like every other sentence he objects to hearsay, and it's like, dude, that's not hearsay. He's telling what he saw. That's by definition not here, and it's he's just like the the level of arrogance and narcissism that it has for him to try to defend himself. Yeah. Is it, Dang. I don't know. I watched it. I think I watched almost an hour of just straight footage of him in court defending himself. It was so bizarre. That is and insane. Then that's, to, yeah. To kind of bring it back to the whole Delphi situation. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see what kind of person he is. Cause there again, like, I don't recall hearing about any sort of string of like Indiana murders. So yeah, he likely isn't a serial killer, but then there again, it begs the question, was this just an opportunistic sort of thing? Has he killed other people and he just hasn't been active for a decade or so? It, there's so much information to come out. It's Yeah. There's so many things because it and it could very much be one of those things where like maybe he is like a serial killer. And I mean, this is all pure speculation, of course, because I know right, little right. to nothing about him. But it could be one of those things where like he was a serial killer and it was either spread far enough apart mm -hmm. or farther away where like people didn't really notice or make that connection. Yeah, yeah. Which I think would be very interesting. 
but I would say more likely than not, it was probably more a crime of opportunity. I think so. Or even like maybe maybe he's like uh maybe he is young enough. He's at that stage where like he's a budding serial killer, and this was his first without a better word. Like this was his first kill. And and like they just happened to stop him before he could continue because they yeah. do kind of talk about how like those urges are there, but they get to a point where they build up that they just have to act on it them. Build up and you have to do. Yeah. yeah. So maybe he has like the template, so to speak, of what would be a serial killer, but he just this is just happens to be his first instance and and he won't be able to continue it. There's just there's so many questions left. It's it's going to be interesting to see how it progresses from here. Yeah, I am. I'm excited. And at the same time, I am also a little bit nervous in the sense that there is a part of me that worries that there could potentially be some sort of pedophilia tendencies involved and that he came across. Oh, okay. Two younger girls who are vulnerable and that maybe he wasn't getting the things that he wanted and it was easier to just kill them than to in some ways deal with the consequences of like being shot down. Yeah, no, I see what you mean. Yeah, like he he had no tendency as a murderer. Um, He's not a serial killer in any way, but he. uh, Yeah, no. and, And he saw these two girls and he just decided that he was going to take advantage of them. And the only way to that he saw to kind of push it under the rug was to get rid of them. Oh God, that is terrible. And I say that because that is something that like, I, it is something that like, as a woman in society, you have to worry about a little bit and knowing that like, and I really hate this personally, because I think it is, really dumb that we have to that we teach women to be afraid versus teaching men to do the right thing which is Mm -hmm. kind of in the fact that like if there is rejection in some form which i mean i again have no idea for any of this that the appropriate response or the thing that you are taught that like a man could do is lash out in a way that is angry and violent. Right. And that like, you want to reject someone softly because he might hurt you. And that should not be the standard. That should not be okay. Whether that's like, he's thinking he's like, Oh, like these girls are like far from home. Like maybe I'll give them like a ride home or like something like that. And being like, no, we're good. Thanks. And it's like, well, I'll show you to say no to me. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah. And it, like, it could be something like that. It could be something more nefarious. We have no idea, but kind of the idea that you're supposed to be super polite in how you do things. But then at the same time, you could do all the things that are quote unquote right and still yeah. get murdered for it. Yeah. No, it's, it's, an insane kind of sort of double standard almost to, mm-hmm. to live with. And I remember kind of confronting that, like as a male, I won't deny that. Like I hardly have ever thought of it. The, the best sort of uh, presentation to me of like, if you're a guy who thinks that there is no such thing as male privilege, you are not learned enough in the ways of what a lot of women go through, just even trying to like go on a date. There's a great YouTube video. I don't know what the title of it is right now, but you can do a search for it. It's about the difference between how a woman prepares for a date and a guy prepares for a date. And it essentially boils down to, and this isn't necessarily an accurate time, but let's say the video is 10 minutes. The first nine minutes will be the woman telling her friend slash roommate that like, I'm going to go to this place. We're planning on meeting at this time. Um, We don't have any plans yet to go anywhere else. I have, you know, Mace with me. I have my cell phone with me uh, and all of these things. And then the like the last 15, 10 seconds, maybe is the guy getting ready. And it's essentially him just putting on deodorant, putting on uh, cologne 
And I don't remember if he even, oh, I, th I think he addresses his roommate very briefly. He just says, hey, I'm going out. And his roommate says, oh, okay, cool. And then he just leaves. There's no <laughs> assumption of like, I might not come back at the end of the night. There's none of that. And it's like, yeah. that is the idea of male privilege boiled down to 15 seconds of a 10 minute video. The fact that he doesn't even give it a second thought at all yeah. is the whole point. That is, uh, I cannot tell you how many times I have done that exact thing. Right. Going on a date and, and being like, here's where we're going. Here's what time we're supposed to meet. I parked my car. Like my car mm -hmm. is parked in this specific area. Mm -hmm. So like, if I don't come home, that's where my car is. And yeah. Doing little things like you drive separately so that if you need to leave or you need like an escape route, you are not stuck with that person that you were then right. meeting for the first time, which I definitely feel like that can go both ways. Like, I, I don't think that this is a bad idea for any reason. No, I agree. Some reason the date is not going well at all. And you're like, yeah. I need to leave. Like, yeah, especially no, when I, it's I, like the first time you meet someone. Mm hmm. Yeah, where it's like you want to have that friend who's like, okay, call me at eight o'clock. If it's going poorly, I'm going to pretend you're my mom and like my dog is sick or something, and then I'm going to leave. If it's going well, I'm just going to pretend you're a marketer person and I'm going to hang up on you. So it's like the, the real difference is that um, more men are starting to do that, I think, like having that sort of, you know, uh, emergency call. But again, the difference is the dude is just going to take it as an opportunity to leave a, a date that they don't want to be on anymore. Yeah, yeah, that like maybe they're not having a good time. Right. For, for, for women, a it's a women, lot more like safety oriented. Exactly. It's, it's potentially a literal lifeline. And yeah. the disparity there is unconscionable. It's insane. Like the fact that that even exists is, I mean, because I was, I think I was, Pushing through, I think it was like 27 or 28 when I even first learned that that was a thing. That's insane. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That shouldn't. Yeah, the idea that there is that much of a disparity between men and women in pretty much every category is ridiculous. Well, and like my college campus had, we had a service where you could call someone to walk across campus with you, mm, which mm -hmm. was designed more centered towards women, which like anyone could use it. But it was more because it's like, oh, like, as a woman, do I feel safe walking alone on my college campus at night? Right. Which, as great as I know this service was, I myself was pretty guilty of not using it. I would instead, like, if I was walking to my car, I'd just call someone and be like, hey, I'm walking to my car from, like, this building. Can you just chat with me for, like, five minutes? Yeah. Because, one they were completely on the other side of campus. And two, I still didn't want to be walking with a strange man alone at night. Yeah. So it, no, it didn't, not, for me personally, it did not solve that problem. Yeah. In a way. Cause it's, it's, it's ultimately still a strange man. You don't yeah. know how they're going to act. Yeah. And even just the idea of like, you might not want to be an inconvenience or something. And it's like, well, no, I want to be safe, but the person I'm calling to try to be safe is still an unknown male individual that I don't yeah. know what their intention is going to be. It's I, I like the idea of it in a way, but at the same time, like I think it could be better. But absolutely. Well, and, and again, like as a dude, like when I was in college, we had those. Uh, I don't know if they're the same on every campus, but they're like little blue light, uh, like emergency phone tower things where it's like every hundred yards or so there was this little emergency thing. We, we could, had them. I don't think they were blue, but we had them. Yeah. They're, yeah. But you know what I'm talking mm -hmm. about? There are these little kind of towers that were they're not a pay phone, but they're just an emergency like phone thing that will go immediately to campus security. Yep. And um, it was years later where, like, as a dude, I thought they were just cool mood lighting. I mean, I knew what they <laughs> were, but I didn't give them a second thought like to actually using them. And the number of women that I went to school with who would almost look at them as like waypoints where it's like, OK, I've got another 20 feet and then I'm at this 
safety zone. Yeah. And then they would start walking away and that blue light would be fading out and they would be in just regular street lighting until they got to the next one and they wouldn't feel safe. And it's like, that's insane. You should be able to go to your student library at three in the morning if you so choose and feel safe. You just, you yeah. should be able to. And I will say that is kind of the, one of the privileges of growing up in a small town is that you do feel a lot safer doing yeah. things like, especially like for women at night, because you live in an area that is generally more safe. Crime is a lot less frequent and it's not something you worry about as much. Like it that was not something I worried about as much until like I got to college because I knew more about what to do if I encountered a bear walking home from school versus like <laughs> if someone right. was like trying to rob me. Yeah. Cause yeah, that's my actually odds kind of running of a into like a bear fact. or a mountain lion was a lot higher than someone being like waving like a knife at me being like, give me your money. <laughs> Like, yeah, what? it's it's actually kind of a sad statement about like where our society is in the sense that you still had that sort of anxiety of having to worry about a, a predator, so to speak. But it's an actual oh. animal, like yeah. it's a creature that is of the wild that you, it makes sense that you would be aware of. And it's like you you shouldn't have to worry about your fellow humans like potentially I mean, doing still, wrong to you. You still learn the things about like street safety and then like you do yeah. still have that fear of like don't do x y and z like going on a date and stuff like that like those are things like you still learn mm -hmm. which i mean i'm definitely in the boat of stay safe and stay alive yeah but there i definitely feel that in a lot of instances things can be done better Absolutely. And that being and said, I don't know if this is what happened <laughs> in this case. Another, another, but yeah. I can say that, like, from the perspective of, like, 13 years old, having, a, like, a strange man approach you or someone, like, you're vaguely familiar with, you're still very much, like, on your guard. Because you're like, well, like, what do they want? Like, what do you want from me? Yeah, I mean, that that is something that the 80s and 90s made us aware of. Like, before then, people there were so many people that, like, didn't lock their doors and stuff. I know. And the number of, like, child abductions, not necessarily even skyrocketed, but became more newsworthy, so to speak. And it became more of a known thing. And so it's mm -hmm. like parents became a lot more protective and, you know, just go out at night. Uh, like, I they used to when they were yeah it's like you would just go out play in the field or whatever and then you would come back at dark when dinner was ready yeah and it's like yeah that kind of shit ended pretty quickly yeah so i did find his court date so his oh, okay pre-trial hearing is january 13th okay yeah so that's coming up pretty quick actually and then his actual trial is set for march 20th oh there there it is. That's a little further down the line. But so, I mean, having the pre-trial and being like, okay, like here's all of the yeah. evidence we have and here's everything. Indeed. Yeah. Having that sense good. of like presenting it to the judge and being like, is this worth going to trial? And then being yeah. like, uh, yeah, this guy is going to trial. He's going to be found guilty. Good riddance. Yeah. Or maybe not. I mean, innocent until proven guilty, but it does seem like the, the police have been very confident. Yes. And I will say one of the things that I think is kind of noteworthy from the Indiana State Police Superintendent Doug Carter is that he said, and this is according to CNN, is that today is not a day to celebrate, but the arrest is sure to make major steps in leading to a conclusion of this long-term and complex investigation. Yeah. So I, I definitely would say that they're erring a lot more on the side of caution and that they, as much as I'm sure they want to celebrate that headway has been made, they're like, this is 
this is not the day we celebrate. Like we celebrate when there is a conviction and someone has been right. put in prison for it. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Like the idea of this isn't, yeah, this isn't the time to celebrate. Nothing has been completed yet. This is the first step. Like we have this guy and this is just beginning. Yeah. And I think that's about everything I, I have on that news and opinion wise. We have definitely done, considering that I started this talking about how this might be a short episode, we have definitely done plenty of recording. <laughs> uh, we have. Uh, we did talk about yeah, this, so, you know. We, yeah, we talked about, we went on a bunch of tangents, so it was fun. I mean, there was there was plenty to talk about. We, we didn't maybe necessarily touch on the case as much as the length of the episode would, would we, dictate. We could but, always cut some of it out if we want to. Hey, cut it out. Cut it out. Um, if you want to send us any suggestions, feel free to email us at peculiarpairingspod at gmail.com or tweet at us at peculiarpairpod or uh, check out our Instagram at peculiarpairingspod and uh, check out our Patreon if you want to. Why not? Yeah. That's, uh, we, that's good stuff. We're working on doing fun stuff over there, so join yeah. us for the fun. And without further ado, uh, thanks for listening, y'all. We will see you next time. Goodbye. Bye-bye.